Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into The Invisible Man in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. The Invisible Man came out the past weekend. Uh, It's... New movie, 2020, did all right at the box office, made quite a bit of money. Directed by Lee Winnell. Not familiar with Lee Winnell. He's previously directed Upgrade from 2018 and Insidious Chapter 3 from 2015. Uh, He's a much more prolific writer, having written on a lot of the Saw films, the prior Insidious films, um, and uh, a couple of other additional movies out beyond the scope of, of Saw, like Cooties or The Mule, of the least of the films I've seen. Uh, he's also an actor. He's been in a bunch of these movies, like the Saw movies, Insidious movies. He apparently had parts in Aquaman, Matrix Reloaded, uh, Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gaul, The Bye Bye Man, uh, and a bunch of other things as well. So he's fairly... Uh, prolific in 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 the film industry as of late uh predominantly since you know about the mid-aughts i would say but you know i wouldn't call lee winnell a household name uh, and even many circles of film fans probably wouldn't be able to you know tell you who what lee winnell did generally speaking but starting to get a little bit of a little bit of a name for himself now uh with upgrade and the invisible man Upgrade, I like Upgrade. It's not, you know, the best thing to me. I know a lot of people that like it a lot more than I do. But I had fun watching it. It's it's a interesting approach to, you know, the action genre. And I, I liked the spin it put on those types of movies. And The Invisible Man is um, probably a little similar to me. Uh, I like a lot of the twists it has on some of the horror tropes, some of the thriller tropes that it uses. And I liked the movie. I like it more than Upgrade by a substantial margin. Uh, But I think that there are probably a lot of people out there that like it a lot more than I do. Uh, So for whatever that's worth, uh, I I have my fair gripes with The Invisible Man. And uh, we'll get into some of those. Um, As it's a, you know, horror film, thriller... A lot of spoilers at play in a movie like this that I will be sidestepping around. No spoilers in today's episode, but I will do my best to talk about as much as I can uh, without mentioning those. The Invisible Man stars Elizabeth Moss as the titular... No, not the titular, as the um, victim, I suppose. The quote-unquote final girl, the... uh, the, the the person in the movie being chased and stalked and, and whose life is genuinely at risk uh, from the majority of the movie. She opens the movie as um, in a relationship with this guy who is very rich, very wealthy. We see the opening scene has no dialogue. It is a subsequent a lot of shots of her um, slowly and quietly maneuvering around. Uh, the house she lives in with her boyfriend. We see her plodding around, uh, grabbing clothes, grabbing suitcase, um, 
shutting off the security system, all in an effort to escape um, and uh, get away from this guy that she's with. We don't see anything prior to this. We don't see, you know, for all the talk that um, this is an abusive guy, that this guy is, is making her life miserable, that she's unhappy, that he won't let her do anything. All of that comes from her telling us. We don't see any of the before stuff. So we just we're just going based on she she you know has suffered living with this guy and uh, has to get out and you know looking at the lengths she's going to to get away from him seems pretty reasonable seems pretty fair uh you know she has to like jump climb a wall at one point just to you know get away and uh meet up with her sister who is uh that ready to pick her up that is how we start getting away from uh in this case it would be Adrian, who is her ex, abusive ex. Uh, Elizabeth Moss plays Cecilia. She's uh, a little crazy. Uh, she takes like diazepam and has had um, issues and problems. But uh, there's, and I think to a certain degree, you know, having you know other movies that play on this idea. Uh, generally try to call into question the reliability of the narrator um, uh, and, and they, they move, they movie these movies do this to a varying degree of success uh, sometimes you get to the end of the movie and you really aren't sure whether what you saw was true whether it was not uh, sometimes you are too you it, the movie leans a little far too far in terms of making it unrealistic uh, you get to the end and you're just like well I, I pretty much know that this didn't happen and then the question is well why does it matter um on the other hand some movies uh just like to put enough of of a hint of a doubt in your mind that if you really just just enough so that it's kind of like a talking point it's a reference when you're listening you know when you're discussing the movie later on i think that's where the invisible man falls in for me uh i never really feel like uh, given the facts of the movie itself, it never feels like I should not believe Elizabeth Moss' character, uh, regardless of what's actually happening around her. And the I don't mind that. I think that's a fine approach to especially the story that they're telling. But it does end up at odds with another part of the movie, which is a thing that I've seen a lot, which is your main character isn't believed by the rest of the characters in the movie. Now, we, watching the movie, at least me, I did not have any problems believing what she was saying. I, you know, seeing what she's seeing, you don't doubt what she's feeling and experiencing. And when the characters in the movie, none of them believe her, uh, it always frustrates me. And maybe it won't. Maybe it doesn't frustrate everybody or most people, but it really, really frustrates me. Um, it it makes it so difficult to enjoy watching the movie uh, because all I want is like a thirty minute tag at the end of the movie where you know the main character shoves like the truth and reality in every single other person's face. It is so like that would be so cathartic. Um, it happens in a lot of movies like this, uh, thrillers and, and, you know, that deal with stalking and, and things like that. Happens a lot in kids' movies. 
uh, where kids are not believed by their parents and other adults in the movie. Again, like I, I would love, 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 love to see at the end of these, you know, to see the I told you so moments, to see the, you know, like, how dare you not believe me? Like, I, you know, and I think the, the logic is a little circular, too. You know, if you approach somebody, somebody in your life who's rational, who you've never once felt could be, you know, insane, crazy, and they tell you something that on the surface seems insane or seems crazy, uh, at best in these movies, you're going to get somebody who's like, okay, well, prove it. And the person undeni- un- you know, undoubtedly can't. Or, you know, it probably changes how the movie works. Um, but, you know, in real life, there's, you know, the, the logic there is if this person's never done anything else that makes them seem crazy, why wouldn't you believe them this time? And in, in The Invisible Man, there are certain events uh, and certain circumstances that, you know, when Elizabeth Moss is pleading, you know, it's not me. It's not me. It's this person. They did it. Uh, you know, they're invisible. You can't see them. They're in the room with us, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That, uh, you know, I, I can kind of believe uh, there's one instance where she's trying to convince uh, Aldous Hodge, who I really like Aldous Hodge in this movie. Um, he was in Straight Out of Compton, Hidden Figures, uh, some other smaller stuff. Uh, what what men want and clemency and so on. I really like him in this. Uh, Elizabeth Moss, when she's f- gets free, uh, spends a lot of her time living at his house to recover and try to adjust back to the world. But there's a point where she's trying to explain to him and and convince him what she's that what she's experiencing, going through, feeling is real, and uh, because you know she's been sleeping in his daughter's bed with his daughter you know the 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 complications there are you know he's you know his first priority isn't her it's his daughter and that distorts how he interprets and reacts and responds to the things that she's saying so to a degree like i can i can i can strain my my credulity on some of these moments fairly well um and and of course you know elizabeth moss is not your friend who's never shown any history of you know mental illness or insanity not that she's insane not that she's uh you know incomprehensible or or something but uh there's enough of a history there and you know, when you get to the end of a movie like this, and, you know, this, uh, what you know, whatever whatever you want to say, you know, I'm trying to think of another movie that has done this recently that I can reference without giving away specifics of The Invisible Man, but, you know, if, like, they're actually, you know, let's say, you know, it's a movie where the thing that's doing all the bad things is a ghost, you know, if you can finally prove that the ghost exists at the end of the movie, I want to see those moments where, and, and like, I'm not, I'm only saying this from my own perspective, I'm not saying like, this needs to be in all these movies that do this, but like, I personally feel like, I really want the moment where this person who like, has been telling you, who 
you know, there is a ghost, there is a ghost, there is a ghost. And everybody's like, ghosts don't exist. You're insane. We're putting you in a mental institution, like giving you the padded walls, the whole thing. And they're like, no, there's a ghost, there's a ghost, there's a ghost, there's a ghost. And finally, everybody else sees the ghost and the ghost laughs at them because they're all idiots. And the person who was right all along, like too often to me, these movies end with that. And it's just like, life goes on. You know, like, the wrongs are somewhat righted. The person that they thought was crazy is pulled out of the insane asylum or got out themselves. Uh, The ghost is apprehended, whatever the ghost is, whether it's a ghost or an invisible man or a werewolf or a vampire or some other thing. And you just, you know, it's just like everyone forgives everybody. And, And it just, that seems unrealistic to me. And so rewinding that back to like the stages in this movie where elizabeth moss is trying to convince everybody hey look there's this other thing that's doing all this shit there's this invisible guy he's following me he's stalking me xyz um no one believes her and that you know the 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 whole thing is like even when other people start to realize that the things she's experiencing are real when that intimate relationship she has with this thing uh, spills out and involves others, it, you know, it doesn't, there's no, there's no transition moment of, oh my gosh, she was telling the truth. There's no transition moment of, you know, holy crap, like, this is a completely, you know, this is insane. This is in, you know, none of these people you know, have, I don't know, there's no reckoning, I suppose, with with that side of the movie. And these types of movies that deal with those issues a lot, um, always great on me in a way. Um, I don't know. I, I always feel that, and, and just, there's no solution to it. Like, you can't obviously devote 30 minutes to the end of your movie as an I told you so. Um, but man, if I don't wish you could. I really wish you could. Uh, so things I really enjoyed about the Invisible Man, there's so there are a lot. Um, Lee Wanell's direction, I really really liked. Uh, he's predominantly a writer. He's only directed a couple of movies, and his direction in the Invisible Man is very, very good. He consistently um, knows how to create tension. Um, he knows how to. Uh, establish a, an atmosphere establish a scene very well with the camera uh, he gets good performances out of his actors i like elizabeth moss i like aldous hodge some of the other supporting uh, performances storm reed uh harriet dyer michael dorman oliver jackson cohen uh these are good they're good performances and uh they fit the movie they they they're evocative in the way that they need to be uh to get this story across and a particular mention has to be made to uh, something that this movie does that I'm not sure I've seen you done as effectively here as it's ever been done anywhere else, uh, which is a lot of horror movies. Um, lot, there are a lot of camera pans uh, across the characters and that are the main characters to like, this is where the thing's going to come out of, you know, like a camera that kind of zooms in on the closet. 
after the lights are turned out. And, you know, in a conventional horror movie, you know, you're kind of in your head like, okay, is something going to jump out of this or is it a red herring? Or the camera, like, is, like, watching the person getting into bed and the camera slowly lowers until it's below the bed and maybe there's a guy with a knife under the bed or, you know, something to that effect. Um, or the, or it's just darkness and you're just, like, waiting to see if something's going to come out. And that's, I, you know, used a lot. It's a very effective tool. Uh, but the Invisible Man does it so, so, so well because... Its antagonist is invisible. Even if he's there, you can't see him. And so, much like, uh, you know, A Quiet Place and the way it dealt with sound, The Invisible Man deals with sight. And what you can see is the, 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 the sets, the design of the, the house, the rooms that she's in, you know, the locations. And so you're, you know, you're looking at the carpet. You're looking at the couch. You're looking at the doors. You're looking at the curtains. Like, did that curtain move? Or, you know, did somebody brush against that curtain? Or did it, you know, is that just the wind? You know, uh, I think there's a shot of from the trailer where uh, uh, there's a fire that started in the kitchen. And... You're thinking, you know, when you're watching that scene in the movie, you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, did they just leave the burner on for too long? Did somebody come, did somebody else turn the burner up? And you're like, you're trying to figure out all these things in your head and you're paying so much attention to these times where the camera is focused on Elizabeth Moss, focused on Elizabeth Moss, and then slowly moves over to something else. And you wait, and you wait. And you wait, and nothing appears to happen. Nothing appears to shift or change. There's no distortion of the light. There's no movement in the darkness. There's no, you know, subtle change in anything that you can see. And then, you know, a minute, you know, 30 seconds passes, and Elizabeth Moss walks into frame. And the camera once again follows her. And <clears throat> Winnell and uh, his cinematographer, which is uh, Stefan... Duskio, who also did Upgrade and a couple other stuff, but nothing very high profile, not not even not close to as high profile as Invisible Man. Uh, they they get it so right when these moments happen in the movie. They are especially powerful because the main purpose that they serve is to try to tell the audience something is there that you can't see. And after the first time it happens, you know, you're constantly like, it puts you on edge. You're looking for the thing. You're trying to find the thing. Because, you you know, in a movie like this, you want to be one step ahead of the film. I think we kind of all have that, you know, just, it's a reflex. We want to be one step ahead of the movie. I want to know when the guy's going to attack. I want to know what's going to happen before it does. And it's when you're subverted, when the things happen that you can't predict, that it's more shocking. It's more, uh, you know, surprising. It's more, it can be more impactful that way. And I think The Invisible Man does a really good job of setting you up for failure, almost. Setting you up to, you know, 
every time it moves the camera and you're like, okay, there's, is this the time? Is this the time? Is this the time? Are we going to see the thing? Can we see the thing? Uh, if the th if if I knew that the thing was there on screen and it moved, would I even could I tell? And it, it it's very you know it's very tense. It's a very tense movie, and I think Winnell does a great, great, great job of capturing that. Uh, so I, I'm really impressed, um, really impressed from that perspective. Um, other another thing I like is the themes of the movie. Uh, it really kind of hitting its stride at this t point of point in a point in time with the Me Too movement and uh, you know equality everywhere and things like that. Which is Elizabeth Moss is kind of a representation of women not being believed when they say they're raped, when they say they're abused, when they say men are awful, and uh, you know. We've seen so many stories. They're all over the news. They're all, you know, courts are ruling on them everywhere. And time and time and time again, uh, the woman is either presumed, the woman is either presumed lying, um, you know, or, or it just becomes one person's word against somebody else's. And it's just, you know, what are you going to do about that? Uh, so this movie, pro, you know, employs the same thing it's her word against no one's really and it's still not believed there is no one to you know argue on the other side of things well there can't be because if you're an invisible man you're not going to be talking uh, that kind of defeats the purpose but you just you end up with a movie where as i was talking about earlier she continues to try to convince you know her friend, her sister, everyone she can find that this guy is stalking her, this guy is abusing her, this guy is haunting her, this guy is, you know, hurting her and other people around her that, that you know, this is his thing. And everyone that she talks to goes from, oh, I believe that you were being abused when he, when you were in his re a relationship with him. I mean, they don't come out and say things like that, but you get that impression with the way that they treat her after she's free. Uh, everyone, you know, appreciates and, and, you know, cares for her. But as soon as it transitions to he's still doing it, the belief drops. It, you know, it doesn't, there's nothing. There's no support. And a support system is another issue that's relevant now. It is a thing that there needs to be more of. You know, we need to support the people who have been hurt, who have been damaged, who have been abused, who have been assaulted, who have been raped, who have been, you know, made lesser uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, the Invisible Man gives us a very exaggerated and uh, extreme version of this, but it's still analogous to something as simple as, you know, a few stray comments in the workplace. And, um, you know, that's, I, I appreciate that. I like that. I like seeing that used and it's difficult to watch. It sucks to see, you know, every 
support system that Elizabeth Moss has in place ripped out of her life. The people that cared enough about her to help her free herself from her ex uh, are systematically um, separated and, and are, are destroyed almost in front of her eyes. You know, she loses every single person she can turn to, and that's the way it works. You know, that is what these awful people do. Um, in real life, I don't think they kill as many people, uh, but in Invisible Man, it is a very striking and startling and and, and uh, damaging look at. Um, the, the the pain and suffering that a person goes through in some sorts in sort in relationships like uh, like Cecilia's. Uh, so I re- I like the conversation it's bringing. I like Lee Wanell's direction. I like the performances. I think there's a lot of really good stuff going on in the Invisible Man. Negatives though, as great as I think, uh, great is a little extreme. As good as I think Lee Wanell's direction is, his writing needs a little work um and here's here's why uh there are a couple many moments in the movie that really threatened to pull me out um and and i won't get into specifics i think you know when you're dealing with a character who is invisible and uh, only one person for in the movie that experiences them as you know being invisible uh it's it's kind of like dealing with um, a movie, you know, movies in the present. You know, they have to be rewritten in such a way where a cell phone can't get you out of your problems. And uh, you know, with technology as advanced as it's been, and and of course, technology is a big part of this movie. It's tough to write around a lot of potential potholes, uh, and and. I think the Invisible Man fails to miss a lot of them. Uh, perhaps the most egregious one uh, that doesn't spoil a lot. Uh, there's a dog in this movie, and you know we see the dog in the early part of the movie. Uh, you know, just being a dog and, uh, and trying to be happy and and be fed and whatever normal dog stuff. And the second time we see the dog, for me, is incredibly odd. And I have no idea why we see the dog the second time. Uh, you know, we're kind of led to believe the first time that, you know, it's not going to be seen again for whatever reason. And... I wouldn't mind seeing it again, but the circumstances under which we see the dog the second time make no sense to me. Uh, none at all, whatsoever. Um, and and that's like just the most obvious one that comes to my mind. But you know, if if you're being stalked by an invisible entity, uh, nowadays there are a lot of ways to kind of prove that especially if the invisible entity is, you know, interacting with other things. Uh, 
you know, if the invisible entity is causing an item to levitate, you know, why aren't you filming everything around you, right? Why aren't you staying only where there are security cameras? Why aren't you, you know, A, B, C, or D? And and to that point, there are moments where uh, Elizabeth Moss' character is given opportunities uh, and and the ability to you know be in those locations where she's and it's like that excuse is kind of just glossed over and i can understand that from a message and theme standpoint of it doesn't you could have undeniable proof and they wouldn't believe you but i would have rather seen that i would have rather seen um you know in in one of the many instances in this movie where something the invisible entity does is blamed on elizabeth moss's character seen footage of that event that we as the audience can recognize as well obviously she couldn't have done it like unless she knows you know um not uh, would it be like telekinesis and of course if you believe you know obviously like telekinesis and invisible people are at the very least the same level of insanity to be believed and like i would have loved to see a scene like that show us that video footage and then cut to you know no she still did it you know hammer home that point of like there's nothing there is absolutely nothing she could do outside of you know stop the thing herself or you know reveal it to somebody else or whatever and uh yeah I think that hits home a little harder. Uh, So I think there are a lot of, there's a handful of like logical inconsistencies uh, in the film that are a little underwhelming and and lead to a bit less of a a tight script. I think a lot of them are writing elements and, uh, you know, that's frustrating frustrating uh and it's not an easy fix either uh, you know given the rampant amount of technology and how much you'd have to uh, allow for but i think there's i think a bunch of them could have been could have been fine-tuned quite a bit more um so you know all that said all that said uh, I think, you know, I, I, I don't feel like this is a movie that's going to be as lasting or as impactful as Get Out by any stretch. Uh, and I don't even think it's going to be as lasting or as impactful as Us last year. You know, I, Us didn't get any Oscar nominations. Um, but um, And Us made a lot more money at the box office. But it, you know, uh, it was talked about quite a bit. And it ended up getting Lupita Nyong'o a lot of, you know, critic awards for her performance. And as good as Elizabeth Moss is here, who was also in Us, I don't think it's quite on the level of um, Lupita's from last year. I think, you know, it's a movie that has its moment, and I'm glad it does. I think it deserves its moment, but ultimately is probably going to, you know, kind of fizzle more so than maybe some people will want it to. It currently has a 3.8 on Letterboxd, which is fantastic. I gave it a very low 70s score 
or three and a half stars, which is good. I really liked the movie, to be, you know, to be clear, but it does feel like it's it's gonna it's gonna peak, and maybe it already has, but it's got a it's got a life. It's got a lasting, gonna leave an impression, but. I don't expect a lot of people to still be talking about it in like six months. Um, which, hey, most films aren't even talked about in the next six months. So, you know, it is it is what it is in that sense. Um, so that's The Invisible Man from 2020, directed by Lee Winnell. Uh, currently one of my top five movies of the year. And um, even if Onward, uh, coming out this coming week, is incredible the invisible man will still be one of my top five movies of the year so accurate to say it is one of my top four movies of the year at the moment and uh yeah it 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 earns that spot it absolutely earns that spot it is a tough watch it is a brutal brutal watch uh if you have any kind of uh empathy and, and and sympathy in your body at all and um it, it does a lot of good horror and thriller things that, uh, you know, give me... I, I have hope for more from Lee Winnell. I think this is a good, you know, launching off point. And uh, while his next movie is supposedly Escape from New York, remaking uh, the John Carpenter film... I don't know if that's where I would go if I was him, uh, given how much I thought he did a good, how good a job I thought he did on *Invisible Man*. But hey, he does what he does. So uh, that said, thank you for listening to the *Invisible Man* review here on today's episode. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found. You can find every episode on the website circleoffilm.com, including much more. If you'd like to find me find me on twitter at circle of film you can find me on letterboxd circle of film you can email circle of film at gmail.com about anything and everything <clears throat> and if you would like to support the show uh, like it rate it review it subscribe to it tell somebody about it or listen listening is the best support anyone can offer uh, but if you are so inclined you can you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circle film where for as little as eight cents an episode or a dollar a month you can get early access to all the early episodes that are released all the episodes that are released early uh, which for the moment primarily include the marvel cinematic universe retrospective episodes that i am doing with meg but uh could also will also include other things from time to time uh, i cannot cannot finish and wrap up this episode without thanking brian for being such a wonderful generous and um that's yeah wonderful and generous patron uh it means so much um thank you thank you thank you thank you and as always have a week without a trace nothing's gone forever only out of place so long farewell oh what i'll be to say wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute so long